there you are. I got you in the screen. Can you see my background, or do I appear in green screen? I, to you? I love your background. It's beautiful. Okay, I only ask that because some Skype guests can see the background. Some just see the green screen. But, but I'm not supposed to be in front of a green screen. This is real. This is a big painting. I got it painted on the wall, so 100% real. Yeah. I thought you were sitting like on the moon. So oh, I mean, that's, on the, we're on the well next to the moon. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a good conclusion because this hat is actually a helmet too. It's got a visor pulled down that I could actually breathe on the moon. I mean, it's very complicated, but it works. I assumed that. I mean, I've heard amazing things about you, so I assumed. Well, of course you did that. You know, it just makes logical sense. Of course. I mean, obviously, of course. Brandy Gilmore. <laughs> Hey, welcome to welcome to the Edge program, man. It's, it's great to have you on, and uh, man, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, the topic of, of healing, and, or uh, and of course your story. But of course, I'm going to weave some things in 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 the conversation with that, and we have the the audience that are, that's watching. They're going to be sending questions to us that are related to me, and then I'll kind of interpret them and shorten them down, maybe a little bit, give them to you. But welcome to the program. That sounds fun. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Now, um, let's start with with uh, with your story. Let's go. Let's go back to the. Uh, I believe what well, you were in an accident. Is that uh, is that a good place to start? Or should we go before that? We can go right there. Yeah. I mean, I was uh, I was in an accident, and uh, before that, I did do. Uh, you know, I was doing network engineering operations. I had a very full life. I had an accident, both a car accident and then I uh, fall. And I fell just wrong, just right, however you want to look at it. But uh, basically, my entire world changed overnight. I went from like living a full life to being wheelchair walker cane for a very, very long time, <laughs> for many, many years. Mm. Um, and uh, it's the last place I ever thought I would be. Mm. Well, nobody expects to be injured or in an accident. Um, uh, and so I imagine, it, of course, it takes us by surprise. And the, when it first happened, did you have any any thoughts like, what did I do? Why did this happen to me? Type of that little section of thought on, during that time period? I wasn't, I wasn't there. I was not uh, so spiritually aware at the time. I was very analytically minded, not very, uh, like, not to the really the understanding that everything happens for a reason, not really knowing that my thoughts help create my life. So at the time, I was a pretty upset about the up, the thing, like almost like my life was taken from me and this isn't fair. Mm -hmm. And um, how can I go from being happy and healthy to being like this? So I, I would say I, I, I felt like my life was taken from me in some ways. Mm -hmm. Hey, Brandy, uh, do you mind so, if I take a second for some house cleaning here, some housework? Absolutely. Well, what, what it is, I usually give a shout out and I got so I have a ranting points that I do uh, kind of a commentary before the guest comes on. But I usually give a shout out to people in the live chat. So let me give them a shout out real quick. All right. In our live chat, we have uh, Cactus Patton, Zombie Apocalypse, Southern Boy, Peter from Australia, G.O.N., Doreen8951, Fred Vanderbeek, Bill W., Rose Renolf. Smoke C, Truth in Treasure, Life Station Express, all welcome back to the program. The Bears in there, Baby Wolf 1, Pink Pineapple 79, welcome back. Bad Actor, Kath, Just Nancy, going through them fast. Dale S, Kimberly Miller, Joey Splats, Kevin Underberger, Azure is back with us. So is Teflon Coat, Overbill, all names I love and appreciate. Uh, Nine Lives, Jimmy AC, put Yahweh first. Chuck Bam, Brooke Maine, uh, PGLF 1982, Com Crash, Minnie Mouth, Pink 
Chicken, Gary Kidwell, Chris Holm, and our moderator, Jade. I'll welcome back to the program. Appreciate you guys so much. Well, uh, Brandy, um, people, a lot of people have accidents and then the they go through this normal chain of events uh, they go to the doctor the doctor makes a diagnosis makes a prescription has a sort of a path back to healing and wellness uh did they do that with you oh yeah you know at, at first it was like you know just stay still and we're gonna try to figure it out and so that was the initial was just like kind of just don't move uh type of thing and uh and then my doctors, the more tests they did, they said that there's nothing they could do for me. And then I was at the phase where I started, I was like, okay, I started getting like entire teams of doctors where two, three, four doctors would come into the room at the same time and do an evaluation because I, I kept saying there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else. And of course, during that time, I started, you know, okay, well, let me change my diet. Let me start taking supplements and vitamins. And they were doing nerve ablations, infusions, injections. Um, I was on morphine every day. Uh, for years, um, and they just kept saying, you know, there's nothing else we can do for you, mm. and and that's where I was, and um, just yeah, it it was the last thing, you know. You never think you think you know that happens to other people, but you never think oh, it's going to happen to me, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know there was finally this point where I because I was looking at research journals like in Israel and Mexico and just hoping that somebody would discover something new, and finally. I got into like this trial study and I thought, oh my God, um, you know, it was like something new was being discovered and I thought, I'm going to get my life back. I'm going to, you know, this is it. And so finally the day for the trial study came and they wheeled me into the hospital, you know, in my wheelchair and they started giving getting me like all prepped for this procedure and I'm just laying there thinking like, oh my God, this is it. I'm going to get my life back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the doctor came in. And he had been reading through all my charts and stuff like that, and reevaluating. He said, you know what? We don't ex- expect you to get better. You can't be a part of the study. And wow. in that moment, because it was everything, like that was my only hope to get better. And I just, um, I was crushed. I just, I left, I, I, I don't even remember leaving the hospital that day. But the ne- like a few days later, I remember just opening my eyes and like just laying there and thinking, you know what? what's the point? Like, I don't even want to live. Like there's, I have no future. I'm in so much pain. I don't even want to live. And I just had this voice that said, but Brandy, what about the placebo? It was just like this thought or voice. And in that moment of thinking, you know what, what about the placebo? We know that it works. It's been proven more than anything in history. And so that's what actually started me looking at the brain for healing. Hmm. Well, that was that had to be a heavy hitter when they come out and said there's nothing else we could do. What a negative report! Was that depressing when they'd said that? Yeah, <laughs> the truth. Oh my, I, I was I was falling apart, and then I I got really upset. I said, "Well, why did you have me come all the way in here and all these things?" And I'd been waiting for it for a while, and I I, I got uh, pretty upset with them. And technically, they they would he, the doctor ended up actually. Because I, I got very upset. They said that they could give me the treatment, but outside of the study, because they didn't want me to ruin the results of the study. Because I was like, I'll do it anyway. They said, we don't want you to ruin the results. But he was right. It didn't help. So but they did give me the, they ended up giving me the treatment <laughs> and it still mm. didn't work. But um, it just, uh, it, it was devastating. You no, know? just that I kind of, it was also good for me at the same time, because after, after I kind of started thinking about the placebo, I thought, you know what? 
I'm going to figure out my own study <laughs> because mm-hmm. when I did network engineering and operations prior to my injury, all I did was troubleshooting for 40, 60 hours a week. I was figuring out why things were broken and why what wasn't working. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was a turning point for me. Mm-hmm. So your life came to a full stop and everything you had been doing stopped and your life direction took this horrible turn and obviously you weren't just going to jump out of bed or jump out of a wheelchair you knew intrinsically there's going to be a, a long road ahead no matter what the outcome was did, did any at any point early in the thing as you begin to realize and begin to set in as time began to pass did, did you did you have like a, a a kind of a fighting moment of hope in the beginning or and then did it start to decrease over time or did it go the other way? You had that def- uh, that the depression uh, and anxiety that you could be locked into this, but then it started go- your hope started going up. W- did it go that way or that way? You know, I would say at first I was like, I, I didn't want to believe it. It's like, you know, no, there's got to be something. I mean, there's always got to be something. It's kind of like um, I, I'll find a better doctor. I'll find a different doctor who knows something more. So it, it was that. Uh, then also, I've always been a person who really pushes through. Uh, I actually, I mean, I think the first time I, I grew up in martial arts. I mean, I was in like junior Olympics in martial arts when I was like 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, a lot of a lot of that. So I was like, I would, I would push and push and push through. because It was kind of like a mind over matter is initially what I thought. And ultimately, it would end up in the ER getting a shot of Demerol or something like that because it, we would just put my whole body in such a pain spiral that it just, it, it was a mess. But it was kind of a, so it was a lot of ups and downs. And mm-hmm. I would say one thing I learned that if I could keep hoping, like if I was researching and studying, then at least I could keep hope. And the days that I didn't have any hope that I could get better and said, this is like, I, there's nothing, uh, they were dark. And so mm-hmm. I kind of, I learned that I had to keep going because if I didn't, my, my brain went to a really bad place. And how long were you in a wheelchair? I was basically, I was wheelchair walker cane. So I, I spent a lot of time in bed, um, mm-hmm. I, about almost seven years. And uh-huh. it was, um, it was wheeled. It was like at, at my worst, like I could, I could use a, a walker or a cane and I could get probably 10 feet stumbling. So I wasn't paralyzed, but mm-hmm. I wasn't mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, it was a mess. It was, uh, terrible. All right. So I've already seen people in, in the live chat. Someone suggested they've been dealing with problems for a long time. And, uh, uh, and I'm imagine that they've come to some conclusion. Maybe some have come to conclusions that there's no hope for them, that there isn't anything, but I want to concentrate just a little bit on, on what, what your fighter, you've been a fighter. It, it, it seems that, um, you weren't going to take no for an answer. You you were not going to take this is the way it is. What what where does that come from in you? That fight that fight. I would say there was there was multiple places. You know, I think that growing up, I had also I had heard my stepdad always say, you know, if you want something do it done right, you got to do it yourself. So that was one thing. I think that when the doctor when I got kicked out of that study, it was like like you're not going to get better. I was it. it that was something there was another time in the hospital where I was in the hospital and they just burned my nerve endings off and I had been on a medication called Vioxx that was on the market and then it went off the market for killing people and so and and 
yeah, they, they, there's like things that said like the, the, the drug that killed like 500,000 people and nobody noticed and all of that. And I don't know exactly how many people, but it was, it was a thing. And when my doctors took me off of it, like I was just called and I was told, uh, stop taking your medication. I'm like, but I still have a full thing. I paid for it. <laughs> They're like, no, no, just stop taking it. And they wouldn't tell me why. It was just like, well, just stop taking it. We got something else for you. Mm. I was like, okay. And so I, and then like two months later, then it comes out why they, why it was. And it was killing people. I was like, well, why didn't you tell me? And so I had this distrust. And then I went in a hospital again to get my nerves burned off. And I went in and normally they do like a shot of morphine and or Demerol before. And then they do another one afterwards. And I had been in such a place where I was afraid of medication that I said, okay, well, after they did it, I said, let's see if we can do it with no medication. And so I said, no, no extra shot. So then I was laying there and like 20 minutes later, I'm like sweating bullets. Like I'm so in so much pain and my nerves and all this stuff. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll take that second shot. And the nurse looked at me and said, no, you said no. And I was like, no, but I can't like, it lets can we, no, you said no. And then I was like, all right, I just want to leave the hospital. She goes, nope, you haven't gone to the restroom yet. You can't leave. And I was inside just, I, and I was on pill morphine. So I ended up taking one of my own and then left. And I thought, you know what? Nobody is ever going to tell me what I can do with my body. And the, her attitude, it, I, I would thank her to this day because when I got home after that, I was like, I am going to figure this out. So I would say certain things, just missing out on life, but that drive, I mean, I would say that, you know, if you if you just fuel anger, that's not a good thing. But if you fuel determination and you say, you know what, I'm just gonna do this. Mm -hmm. Like I I could hug that woman right now because mm -hmm. it it, made my, it just gave me the determination to say I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna figure it out. You know, when somebody tells me I can't do something, I'm the type of person that says I can, and uh, that's just always been in me. Okay, well, so I would say uh, then. At from what I can hear so far is that the, uh, the, the fight, the resistance to accepting traditional answers is maybe a part where uh, people need to, maybe, maybe even a starting point because I was trying to get to a starting point and that's kind of what it sounds like to me that, that you had this built in ready to go fight for whatever was to come your way and you're going to fight your way out of it. And so it sounds to me like uh, so that maybe if somebody's watching the program and they have a, a condition that seems to be incurable, don't, don't give up. This Start. is, this is what I would say. Don't give up. But this is the other thing that was really helpful was that when I started researching, so I started going, okay, I've got to figure this out and I've got to get out of some of this pain. And I started looking at things like amputees, more than 80% of amputees still experience pain. And I was laying there thinking, okay, Great. So there's an 80% chance that even if I <laughs> amputated my body, I'd still experience pain. Great. Um, and so that was a feel. And then I started looking at things like multiple personality disorder, where different person, like people when they're in different personalities, can have different pain, allergies, asthma, like asthma, even eyesight. There are people who have gone from being blind in one eye, one personality, to being able to see in another one. And I was like. Our medical model doesn't make any logical sense because that shouldn't be possible based on our, our medical model. And then I started looking at other things like, you know, just like the awareness that our body is constantly repairing and replacing cells. Like we know that with skin cells, but even our bones, it's estimated, 
by science that we have a new skeleton about every 10 years. And I thought, wait a second. And how does somebody have that old football injury from high school 30 years ago? And so what I when I started researching the anomalies, the things that we throw aside, like the placebo that shouldn't be possible or mm-hmm. multiple personality disorder, I started realizing that a lot of things we didn't were doing didn't make sense. And and I also started looking at the fact that there are like one point five billion people who live in ongoing pain. And it's like Obviously, we're not doing things right. And so I just couldn't buy into the old system anymore because mm-hmm. if somebody says this is the system, mm-hmm. but the system doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a sheep and follow something that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm a beekeeper, and that's one of the reasons I got into beekeeping when I found out that honey and pollen, bee pollen, would li- literally cure people with allergies. And other ailments, there's also something called bee sting therapy where people have arthritis and they take a bee sting and it, it causes a reaction in the body which lessens the effects of arthritis. So the, but, but the system is telling everybody, you gotta you got buy, got buy the over-the-counter drugs. You know, you gotta get NyQuil, you gotta get Claritin, you gotta get this, you gotta that. Keeps the drug companies in pretty good company, but they don't, never, they don't ever sort of let you know there may be a, a natural alternative, but it seems like there's an alternative to whatever the system is telling us. Let's go to, let's go to a couple of questions here. This is from Rose. It says, uh, uh, what, could, what could one do to heal bones? A relative of mine has osteoporosis. Um, you know, I, I would say all change really starts from within. So I used to have osteopenia. Uh, which is like the first stages of osteoporosis, I, just from not having enough weight-bearing movement. And um, I don't anymore, and I see people do that. It, it really is, it, what it comes down to is that every, uh, simplifying it, what's, what's a, good, a good way to put it is that every thought pattern and every emotion that we have affects our physical body. So, to give a foundation for that answer to an explanation is it what I started doing is I thought, okay, here's all these anomalies for the brain. And, and then I thought, you know, there's a lot of complexities and I thought, okay, let me simplify this. How do we know that the mind affects the physical or like how the body and the mind, how do we know that the mind can affect the physical body? And I started looking at things as emotions. And it's like, well, yeah, we all know that. You know, if somebody's embarrassed, their face blushes. Even the emojis on our phone knows that. And so (laughs) there's that. Or um, anxiety, racing heart, shortness of breath. And I thought, okay, we know all the emotion things. And then I started looking at things like bored to death or scared to death. And before I thought, you know, they're just a figure of speech, like, oh, I was so bored to death or, oh, I was scared to death. And what I came to realize is those are real things. And I thought, wait a second, we can die from a lot of, from extreme boredom. And then even things like the widowhood effect or broken heart syndrome and things like that, where, you know, a senior who loses a spouse has a much higher rate of death following their loss. And so when I really started looking at emotions, I started looking at how much they can affect the physical body. Or, of course, there's a sexual emotion, which, of course, affects men different than women, but there's still a physical reaction. And so when I started looking at it, I thought, okay, anxiety, bored to death, scared to death, we can see that. But what about the other emotions 
what are they doing? So what is rejection doing or hurt or sadness or loss or, you know, what are these emotions doing that we're not paying attention to? And that's what I started to realize is that these other emotions are tied to things. But a lot of times what's happening is they're in the subconscious mind and people will have patterns of these emotions, but they don't realize that it's really going on. And so it's degrading the body at a at a deeper level and people don't realize it, you know. And even if we do look at psychoneuroimmunology, it's been proven over what, forty something years ago that stress impacts the immune system. Whereas, you know, if somebody's got a lot of stress, we have less white blood like, <laughs> less white blood cell count and also the white blood cells of the immune system are less active. And so we know that stress affects the body, but why are we not doing anything? You know what I mean? And, and not only that, but it really became about breaking it down and, and realizing that different emotions affect the body in a different way. Like somebody's embarrassed, that's, you know, blushing face, anxiety attack is another thing. And it's much different than, say, like a sexual thought. It's a much different physical response. And so it, it's really been about understanding what emotions are affecting you. So the question that you asked about the osteoporosis is it's really about understanding and identifying the specific stress that's affecting her and then changing that. And so, and so, you know, if somebody's feeling anxiety and they say, well, I'm going to work on a feeling of hurt from two years ago, well, instead work on that anxiety if you want the panic attacks to go away. And so, it's really about dialing in that specific emotion and shifting that. And that's when I see changes, radical changes occur. Hmm. Uh, as you were speaking, uh, I had a flashback to a, a couple quotes from uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, The Edge with Anthony Hopkins. Have you ever seen it? He's in, a, um, he's in an airplane I'm and it crashes. Sure I have. He, he's in an airplane and it crashes in the wilderness and he has to survive. And there's some people with him that want to give up. And a couple quotes from that movie and that kept him going uh, and one of those was what one man can do another man can do and in the context of this interview what happened for you to where you came out of the malady or the affliction if it if you can do it then another person can do it a viewer can do it who has a condition second thing is you all you uh, directly to something else you said about how the, the mind affects us so much physically in that movie i think they actually said they discussed the number one reason why people die when they're lost in the wilderness. It's not because they're injured. It's because they're lonely and, and uh, or they're sad and it, and they literally die. So, yeah, that emotion can literally kill you if you program your mind to think about it. Let's go to another question for you. As it says from Smoke says, did your accident change your fundamental spiritual beliefs or reinforce them? If so, why? I would say it completely changed uh, my entire belief system because ultimately, I mean, I was raised Lutheran and then kind of when I was, at the time I was injured, I was just very analytical. I wouldn't say I was super spiritual in anything. And, you know, uh, really what I woke up to is a, is a, a completely different awareness, whether you want to call it energy, spirit, God, universe, um, mm -hmm. quantum physics even, but everything really is energy. 
and whatever name you want to call it, if you want to call it God energy, source energy, divine energy, um, there is absolutely, there is a, uh, an energy greater than us all and that lives and breathes through this, through us all. And I would say it completely transformed my belief system. Um, and something to your point, when you mentioned that everybody can do it, I spot on everybody can. And, and, and I, that's what I love about this whole thing is, is even once I got better, I thought people are going to think I'm nuts that I literally healed from, from being this major train wreck to now being happy, healthy, can run, have no pain, hundred percent healthy, uh, lifting weights and all of that. And I thought, you know, I got to show people that everybody can do it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I started doing is, is showing people like that if, as you take an emotion and you really shift it and you identify what it is and you shift it, that the pain goes away. And I've done this under thermal medical equipment where you can see it live, where somebody's in pain. Um, Are you familiar with thermography? Uh, Not in the context of uh, medication or uh, medical use. No. Um, okay, so it's it's kind of a uh, it's a an alternative form of like uh, medical scan, and okay. what it is is that if somebody's experiencing some type of pain, like let's say somebody has neck pain, the mm-hmm. scan will turn up like all red where that pain is, and I've taken people under live video who are experiencing that pain, and I show them to shift their mind, and you'll literally see the scan turn from red. To green as their pain goes away huh. and I always like I'll help people do it or coach them to do it using their mind but it's because we're all amazing and and it you know if you think about it a lot of times the, the opposite happens when you are in pain you feel more negative you feel more frustrated you feel more so it's counterintuitive to go opposite the direction and start lifting yourself and purposely feeling more happy and so it kind of sucks you in and and making that change is key. And to the to the point of the spiritual question, the way I now see it is this, is our creator, God, universe, divine, whatever you want to call it, it's like a check engine light, if you will. You know, if somebody's criticizing themselves a whole bunch and it's related to their neck pain or something mm-hmm. like that, it's like a wake-up call for us to make a change. And it's like... You know, it's like a like a check check engine light on your car, and it's going. You know what? You have this negative thought that is impacting your body, and you need to change it. And then when we do it, it doesn't just change our health. Of course, like the pain goes away, but it also changes our life because we live a different life. You know, compared to being criticized the whole time mm-hmm. or feeling good about ourselves, and mm-hmm. so. That's the way I look at it on a spiritual note. Do, do you think that uh, a person who is negative, and I'm sure we all know people that are negative all the time, they're almost like, I consider them like spiritual vampires. I mean, you know, they just suck the life out of you, you know. Uh, do, do you think that that the people that are negative all the time are, are, are more unhealthy than somebody who's positive all the time? Does, does that make a difference? Yes and no. Um, I mean, obviously, we know that depression has been linked to people having physical aches and pains and different things like that. So I would say, again, yes and no, and this is why. Because when I was doing the research and working on healing myself, I was like, okay, we we can see stress affects the physical body. We know that. That has been proven over and over and over. But let's be honest. 
there are firefighters or military or officers that aren't sick. So we can also see that there are plenty of people that don't have the stress affecting their physical mm -hmm. body. And what I figured out is that it takes a certain combination of ingredients. And another way to say that would be, you know, if you want to make cake, if you have flour, you can't make cake. But if you take flour and you mix it with eggs and butter and yada yada, you can make cake. And so what happens is that there's a certain number of ingredients for a, a physical ailment to occur in the body. And that's the way I help people change is I look at, okay, what are the specific emotions that are connected to it and how to shift those? And so there are some people who are very negative, who can have a ton of negative emotions, like a ton of flour, so to speak, but they don't have the complementary ingredients or mm. <laughs> uncomplementary ingredients to create that problem. Mm -hmm. very, very nice, so, very nicely put. And uh, so I would say w maybe perhaps uh, from your standpoint, you have been getting the correct ingredients, putting them in the product. I guess you supply a product, but uh, or a method methodology the, that you have kind of sort of fine tuned. You were like a chef in the kitchen, but you were thrown into the kitchen. You had to you had to go in there because the people wouldn't prepare the right food for you. So you had to go prepare your own meal, and you had to get the right ingredients. But you had to start from scratch. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, it's literally, I mean, if you would have told me it would had to do with my mind and not only that, but mine, part of what was going on in my mind had to do with September 11th, like the events with September 11th. And I had always been like raised emotions or, you know, leave your emotions at the door. I think I remember like the one time my mother cried growing up. I mean, you just like, I didn't come from an emotional family. And so I wouldn't have considered myself an emotional person at all. Like I was happy. I, I, I loved what I did. I loved network engineering. So I thought consciously that I was great yet it has to do with even the things that we bury at a subconscious level. And so, it, so but yes, finding the right ingredients is key, but it's also about really looking at the things that are subconscious and especially subconscious and especially mm -hmm those of us who can bury our emotions would think, oh, it can't be me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm stronger than emotions, but that subconscious mind is a bit mm -hmm. tricky. Mm -hmm. uh, to your point about the mind, the, biblically, there's a couple of scriptures that come to mind on that. One of them, I think, is in Psalms or Proverbs. It says, uh, as you think in your mind, as, as a man thinketh, so is he. So it, I guess if you... Uh, and then another one would be... Um, uh, the, the power of life and death is in the tongue and it can set on fire the court of nature. Uh -huh. Well, what comes, what comes out of your mouth come out of your mind. Yeah, there's, so you could actually literally, another one. let's go ahead. There's another one. A merry heart is a medicine to the body. Ill thoughts will dry the bones. Mm. And that one is so key. And you see people who are praying all the time and you go, wait a second. If you think about it, a merry heart is a medicine. Ill thoughts will dry the bones. It says positivity will give you life and, and, you know, ill thoughts will bring about illness and death. And and even, you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those who love life will eat its fruit. I love that one also. So wow. it, that's one of the things that I found in a, as I was researching, I was like, wait a second. The Bible said this like 3,000 years ago. Even psychoneuroimmunology proved this back in the 70s that stress affects the immune system and the physical body. Why aren't we using it? You know, and, and so... 
but absolutely, I love those those mm -hmm. uh, passages. Very good. Let's get to another question for you. Uh, it says, do you believe the medical? This is from Doreen. Uh, so, do you believe the medical industry is withholding cures? I don't. I think that it's more tricky than people realize. I think that even uh, to the point, I think it was last year, the medical community came up with, they finally linked loneliness to type 2 diabetes. Now, I would say that there are other, of course, multiple ingredients, but that was like a revelation. They were like, oh my God, loneliness is linked to type 2 diabetes and that was a whole like breaking research that was released and I think that uh, I just think that the mind is so counterintuitive that I wouldn't have been able to figure out the things that I figured out unless I was going like going through it myself because the mind is more counterintuitive than people realize. Mm -hmm. Okay, and by the way, those who join the program, we have on the, the uh, Skype line here, Brandy Gilmore, PhD. We're talking about uh, healing, how she how she was able to get out of a, a horrible situation. Um, there's actually a poll on the website you can take right now. It says, if you have been healed, how have you been healed? There's several answers you can uh, check there, and we'll check with the responses here in just a bit. All right, Brandy, this question is from uh, Gladly Kravis. It says, uh, Brandy, have you heard of Complex Regional Pain Syndrome, CRPS, also known as Reflex Sympathetic Dystrophopathy. Uh, yeah, that's what I had. So oh, Complex right. Regional Pain Syndrome or Reflex Neurodystrophy or dystrophy. Re re Reflex Sympathetic Dystrophy, yeah. Wow. So you, you so, had that? Yes. Wow. Yes, with nerve lesions and uh, spinal end plate fractures. And, and, yeah. and you said earlier as in the opening there sort of, they were they were burning your uh, your sense your 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 nerves. Ner yeah, they do nerve ablations to try to burn off the nerve endings to try to reduce the amount of pain. Wow, and it did not work. So, uh, no, it didn't work. And technically, when they started coming back, a lot of times it was actually even uh, it felt worse. Okay. So I don't know if it actually made it worse or, you know, it's just sensations in the body, but it was, uh, it was painful. Mm -hmm. All right. Put y'all away first says, uh, I duct tape rare earth magnets to my arrhythmic, arthritic, arthritic, uh, middle knuckles. The movement is now, the movement now is painless. What do the magnets do? Um, I think that, um, I think everything happens for a reason. For me, I would say that more things happen from the mind than people realize. And um, I would say it depends on the person. So I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to overstep. And uh, I, I can say this: I can say that um, that what's a good way to put it? It's um, I would say the mind the mind is pretty amazing. I would say, you know, when you start to look at uh, even the placebo, there are studies with the placebo that even show the placebo as high as like 80%. And if you think about it for a moment, if eight out of 10 people take a type of sugar pill or something like that, having a response, I would say everybody's different. I would say that even sometimes when people are eating something, um, that they can even have a different emotional experience then also. Like mm -hmm. um, some people uh, would can eat vegetarian, and because they eat vegetarian, they feel like a good person. 
And it's not necessarily that being vegetarian is actually helping them, but they go, you know what, I'm a vegetarian. It means I'm a good person. And then that can be a shift that's creating in their emotions. I, I just think that there's anytime we do something in life that's different from what we used to do, there is not only a physical change, but there's an emotional change about it. And that mm -hmm. is something I feel like is widely overlooked. Mm -hmm. um, even to the point, go ahead. No, I was going to say that that's going to lead me to my next, next question. Did you return to your previous lifestyle after your full recovery? I would say that a few things. Um, I would say first and foremost, not really. I don't think that you can ever go back. I mean, I, the very way that I look at the world is different. Um, so, so there's that. I did. I was going to go back to network engineering, so I actually got recertified. I got my convergent network technology certification, so I was going to go back into all of that, and then it ended up just the way that life unfolded, here mm -hmm. I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but my thought was, okay, well, I'm gonna tell my doctors what I did, and they can share it with everybody, and I'm gonna go back to my to doing network engineering operations. Um, and, uh, and no, it was, <laughs> my life is, is very different in a most beautiful way. Mm. Uh, okay, now somebody in the live chat is discussing the fact that they are eating double stuffed Oreos, one of my favorite cookies. Obviously, I don't have them. I'm not eating them right now. But I do understand when I've had them that they bring in an extreme joy. Uh, and so could I actually say that double stuffed Oreos, uh, for that reason alone, is a good reason to eat them because my, my joy would increase, my anxiety would decrease. Therefore, it is healthy. Is that, is, can I make that connection? I mean, I wouldn't so much make that connection because it depends. Because kind of like this, is if somebody said, well, alcohol brings me a lot of joy, um, is the way it really impacts the body, is that really going to be great? Or if somebody says heroin makes brings me a mm. bunch of joy, is it really going to affect the body in a positive mm -hmm. way? Well, maybe mm. not so much. Not only that, <laughs> not only that, but the other thing is, is that, if you think about it, if somebody is taking something like heroin and obviously using an mm -hmm. extreme example, right. then what's really going on that they're bearing? And mm -hmm. so I would say that one of the things that is different than prior to my injury, like before my injury, I thought that I was happy and I was by my definition. I wasn't in tears. I was going throughout my life. I liked my life. But my definition of happiness has changed and now it's like to me happiness is walking around with this feeling of glow inside of you where you just feel glowing you feel mm -hmm. happy and before happy was normal like it's a completely different thing to me and mm -hmm. um and, and so i would say that if we're reaching for something to make us feel happy, then ultimately there's something inside that's making us feel sad that we're trying to compensate for. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not too far off from what I've, I've heard on other, other guests. This show's been going on since 2004. We've done over a thousand shows. We had a, a doctor specifically from England who said that he was curing people from cancer by just simply working on stress, removing stress out of their lives. And of course he was ostracized by the medical community as, as, as a nut job, but he had thousands of testimonies that simply just by changing the way they think and removing the stress. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think the mind is a powerful tool. Let's get to another question. This is from our moderator. What's, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, this is from our moderator. I, this from our moderator Jade says, "How would you walk someone through the process of self healing?" Um, you know, ultimately, what I like to do is I like to help somebody identify the specific emotion and shift that. And so that's the thing that I'm most known for, if you will, is taking people who are having a specific pain, so knee pain, elbow pain, neck pain, something like that. And showing them to, okay, look, let's shift this and let's think in a different way. And then their pain goes away. And and really, actually, I do that with volunteers all the time. Like I do that every day on my podcast where I'll take people who are volunteers who are, are experiencing pain and help them to shift their mind. I would say that everybody's different, but it, so it depends on what somebody's feeling. But one of the things that I'll do is this, is... um. Let's say that somebody's experiencing a lot of hurt or um, hate in their life. And, and I say, you know, you could go ahead and, and keep feeling those feelings, but you'll want to remember that our thoughts help create our lives. And I'll say, you know, something like, you know, we've heard before in psychology where there's a woman with an abusive father and she leaves him and finds the abusive boyfriend, boss, spouse, partner all of that so these pattern unfortunately shows up in our life over and over again or somebody has rejection and they feel like they have rejection over and over and over unfortunately and or even if you've ever been frustrated before and it's like one freaking thing after another after another happens and if you stop and you change those patterns then your life changes and so that woman who has the abusive father and keeps attracting the same type of man if she really heals that pattern, she can attract the love that she's been wanting and deserves in life. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, and then I'll tell somebody, you know, I'll, I'll help them. I'll say, okay, that feeling of rejection that's hurting you or that feeling of anger that's hurting you, you could go ahead and feel that if you want. You're powerful and you're amazing. And you could keep feeling that and creating that and experiencing that in your life. Or you can know that your mind is powerful and you could change that pattern. You could start really feeling differently you could start bringing in new feelings and and i'll you know depending upon what it is i'll, I'll help them to then start shifting to a new way of feeling and and thinking and mm -hmm. you know you mentioned the person about cancer i actually have and i i as you said people that say the c word uh they can get uh, a, a bit of criticism but uh so even if i uh if i talk about a, a woman who i worked with who had a tumor in her throat and what I love about this example is she had just gotten an MRI, so pre-op MRI. The, the tumor had been there for like four months. She tried everything, eating, all the supplements, the diet, all these things to try to get rid of it. Couldn't. Finally scheduled surgery for a Friday. She had just had an MRI, a pre-op MRI. They measured it as five millimeters. I worked with her for an hour and 15 minutes. She went in to go for surgery the next day, and the tumor was gone. And the ENT is like, I've never seen anything like this in my 30 years of experience. And he's like, I just, I, he had to cancel the surgery. He's like, I can't operate on something that's wow. not there. And it's really sweet because she literally like, she did a Facebook live for her friends and family. Mm -hmm. And she was standing outside of the hospital in tears. And you can see people in the hospital walking, walking by behind the hospital and all of that. And she's just like, I just got my $1,200 copay back. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. oh, that didn't I'm make anybody happy getting that copay back. What? Didn't make anybody happy getting that copay back. Exactly. But wow, <laughs> man. Levels of happiness, right? Great, great story. Now, I also heard this. I want you to comment on that. I heard people say 
that when you claim a sickness, you internalize. In other words, I have cancer. Uh, I have arthritis. Uh, I have whatever, tuberculosis. I have. And they said, whenever you're speaking, and, we're t- and we were talking about speaking earlier, how that we can actually control the course of nature with it. The Bible says so. You you've obviously have proven that. But we're internalizing that. And so doesn't that mean that we're we're claiming it? It may not actually be ours. We can say, well, it's here. It's around. But rather than say, is, is it worth changing the verbiage on that? Quit saying, well, I have this condition. And rather than build that up by speaking it, and then when you speak it, your mind hears it. Your mind just heard you say you have it. So is, is, do you agree that we, we should work on not try to internalize? You may have it, and you can't, we're not saying if you just don't think about it, it goes away or, or like that or like it goes poof, but would it be compounded? Would it be locked in? We were talking about negative thought patterns. Do you agree that if you re, don't internalize it, you're not feeding it? Um, yes and no. Uh, I would say it all really comes down to the emotion. And this is why, you know, a lot of people would say that the placebo has to do with the power of belief, like it's going to work because somebody believes it's going to work. But there's also the open label placebo. And what the open label placebo is, is where both the doctor and the patient know that it's a fake pill. And those have still been shown to work. (laughs) And so what I would say is it's not all about the belief, like even the woman I just mentioned who whose tumor disappeared. She thought, well, I can't find it, but it must have been moved or something like that. Mm-hmm. She was even in, in shock, like, I can't believe it really actually worked. And, um, and I worked with a guy the other day who had back pain, and he had like a level eight of back pain, and I showed him how to shift his mind. And it was for like a volunteer on my podcast. And he was literally, it, it was the sweetest thing ever. He was like on the phone. He was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, it worked. <laughs> he was just like. <laughs> Shrieking and, and it was it was so sweet. So I would say it's it's not all about belief. I would say that the best example, you know, if somebody has an anxiety attack, it's not just because they believe in the anxiety, it's because they feel the emotion of the anxiety. And and so I would say that mm-hmm. it really comes down to what your belief is. And I would also say that there's multiple ingredients as well. So it really depends on how how the mind comes together but there's always emotions it depends on the emotion at the tip of that where that belief goes mm-hmm. to of what emotion comes out of is, is does it seem easier to entertain negative emotions than positive emotions is, is are we wired for that or is the society wireless for that i would say that it it, it, every person is different. I, would I say more and more that society is wiring us for that? I would say yes, and I would say that you've got to really protect your mind. It's not easier for positive or negative. I would say that what tends to happen is this, is that when something happens that is negative, people get upset and they talk to their friends about it and they talk to their blah, blah, blah about it. But if something great happens, people are like, well, I don't want to brag. I don't want to, you know, be too excited. You know, I should be humble. And, you know, you know, this happened and they're more shy about it. Or, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's, this is great that this happened. But mm-hmm. who knows? Is it too good to be true? And so where people can stew on negative thoughts and what happens is if we stew on something, we bring it in more and more and more and more. And then something happy, they're like, 
yeah, that's happy, but well, can I trust it? And so, yeah, I would say that um, a lot of our cultural habits um, and habits that we learn growing up, I would say that uh, can can steer us in the negative direction mm-hmm. if we're not careful. Well, c- cowboy logic says it ain't bragging if it's true. All right, let's get to another question. Uh, Teflon Code says, Brandy, does sun gazing cleanse and empower the body and the mind? And it's interesting you mentioned sun gazing, but I'm, I'm going to say something about the sun in general. It seems to me when I see the sun, I'm really happy, and I soak up that vitamin D, and I know it's a virus killer, but uh, I guess uh, the person sun gazes, uh, anything on that? I, I'm with you. I think it all really depends on the person, but... Sun absolutely brings in more vitamin D, and I think that sun is absolutely good for us um, and wonderful. And um, and so I don't know about sun gazing. I think everybody does it a little bit differently, but I think definitely taking it, taking some time to enjoy the sun. I and and taking a moment in that I think is beautiful for mm-hmm. for any of us. <laughs> I just had a flashback. See, to me, I remember there was a time when President Trump was looking maybe it was an eclipse or something he was looking right at it and then they got on him said man you're supposed to have some glasses on what's wrong with you all right uh, australian ben one of our previous guests says brandy buddhist monks are known uh, for the practice of self-immolation whilst transfixed in a meditative meditative state where do they channel their pain how do they sit peacefully as they burn in flames well, that is a good question. I, I'm going to tell you, I am not an expert on that. So, um, so I would say that I'm going to withhold speaking on it. I have some thoughts on it, but I think that, I, I, to be honest with you, I love to speak on the things that I know about mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. anything else. I, it Sometimes it bothers me when I see people who are speaking on things that isn't true. And so, uh, so I'm going to reserve to say I'm not sure on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the placebo seemed like it had an effect in, in your analysis of what was happening to you. You, you look at that. Now, what was I think you mentioned it, but I want to know what's the percentage of recovery from placebos in in a, in a medical test between those who took a placebo? Is, is there is there any number percentage on recoveries versus not? It it all depends. I mean, there is there's so much research on the placebo, and everything is different. And what I find interesting is there was even a study that was done. I believe it was in Brazil, but it was on ayahuasca. And mm-hmm. I, I want to say that the placebo results were somewhere around like eighty something percent. Now, if you think about it for a moment, with ayahuasca placebo, there's a novelty about certain things. So I would say it. Because, you know, there's a, even in the placebo, basically, they had had the person, the, the concoction that was the placebo, it made the participants throw up. So they really felt like they took ayahuasca. And I mean, 80% is really high. So I would say it really depends. To me, <clears throat> the biggest thing that I have noticed is that if there's a novelty behind the, the thing, if there's a... Uh, feeling special like sometimes people will feel special like if if they're uh, vegetarian again they can feel a sense of feeling special or good or if it's ayahuasca they can feel a sense of of a novelty experience and so I would say it really depends on the person and um, there there's a, such a, a large range as far as placebo goes though 
Okay, let's go ahead and check in with our poll so far. The question in our poll question on our website, if you were healed, how? All right, so the number one respondent is 47, 47% say still hoping for healing. Uh, five, 5.5% says nothing helps me. 5.5% said problem just went away. Zero on pharmaceuticals, zero on medication, and then 42 and faith in prayer faith in God in prayer. So it looks like uh, a lot of people out there are still hoping for healing. They haven't given up and hopefully they'll be encouraged tonight to not give up. That seemed to be one of the first things we discussed or discovered talking with you tonight on, on that. But as far as pharmaceutical goes, uh, I was, uh, I was planting, I'm a, I'm a planting machine, man. I'm a, I, I mean, you should, I, it's I have this gargantuan garden that I'm growing and I, I stab myself with a tree. I don't know how that happens. I'm thinking, okay, well, I stab my tree. And then, of course, I'm bleeding, and this is recently, and uh, I'm, I'm like uh, the guy in uh, the movie Predator, where the guy says, uh, Jesse Ventura guy, he was shot, and the other guy says, look, man, you're hit, you're bleeding. He says, well, I ain't got time to bleed. Well, that's what I was thinking. I ain't got time to bleed. I got this, I got a plant, so I kept sticking my hand in the, in the mulch <laughs> and the manure, the horse manure and this and that. I, I didn't have time to bleed. <laughs> but my finger got infected, okay? The old cowboy got infected, and... Uh, uh, I, I, I got infected there, and, I, and it was it was bad. And my finger, my, my my pinky blew up the, twice the normal size. I had to go get a pharmaceutical. I had to get uh, uh, um, um, what do you get? Uh, Antibi- antibiotics. Yeah, antibiotics. Right. Something. So I had the two different types of antibiotics. So, but anyway, it, it, it basically my my finger returned to normal. So in that case, for me, the pharmaceuticals did did well but but my wife provided me with uh peroxide and bandages next time so don't, if you cut yourself and you're bleeding all over <laughs> don't stick your hand in a horse manure go ahead and take care of it so the old cowboy had to learn a lesson on that one but but that was pharmaceuticals so it's, pharmaceuticals but, do have a place do they not you know I, I think definitely i think pharmaceuticals have a place i think that it would be you know if if somebody's in some type of dire need of something or having a heart like heart attack things like that i think that it's smart to not avoid pharmaceuticals and i think it definitely figuring it out but to your point when you were mentioning the polls and all of that which i love that you have those going on and, and i love by the way when you read all the names in the chat how how fun um but even you know as i mentioned when I started really looking outside of the box, I was even looking at the Bible going, wait a sec, the Bible said this 3,000 years ago, or even if we look at Christian science, you know, moving from fear to faith is something that a lot of people talk about. And when you think about it for a moment, if you take somebody who moves from being, from going from fear and uncertainty, and they really do this, and they really move to faith, there's an emotional shift there. It's not just faith itself, which yes, there's faith, but it's also, you know, if you picture somebody who's in fear and worried and they really shift to faith, they're having an emotional shift. And so I think that whether we look at it and we call it uh, emotions or we look at it even, you know, I speak to people even on, you know, quantum physics, when you start to look at the energy that emotions put out, we can look at um, quantum physics, or we can look at it as biochemistry, but no matter what way we're putting it in, there's a shift that happens. And I would say that a lot of times what happens with people is they go, well, I'm just going to have faith. I'm just going to have faith, but they're not really making that inner change because mm-hmm. we can tell ourselves we're going to have faith. Mm-hmm. And it just means that 
you know, if you really look at what does that really mean? You know, unpack that even more of what does that really mean to have faith? And, you know, for as far as you pushing through and saying, you know what, I'm just going to be okay. It's, I get it. I tried to do that a lot. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to push through. It's mind over matter. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm there with you. <laughs> uh, but not in my, not putting my hands in manure. <laughs> but that, that's a cowboy's job. <laughs> right. That's what, that's what um, we do. <laughs> uh, well, <yep. laughs> hey, well, you're talking about faith. And um, as far as the description of it, the Bible says faith without works is dead. So I think maybe perhaps we could say you have faith, but then you're saying have faith with a change you have to make it there's got to be a change and is that is that, is that what i'm hearing uh, an emotional change you know, emotional change or an emotional change like if right. you think about it, kind of like this if somebody says they're experiencing a lot of fear and experiencing a lot of fear and they go you know what i'm just going to trust everything's going to work out and they're fearful and fearful but i'm just going to trust well they're not really making a real change but if they said you know what I have to let go of fear. A better example is this. During my injury, one of the things that I started doing, because I was like, okay, well, if those who love life will eat its fruit, like the Bible says, those who love life will eat its fruit. Right now, I do not like life. <laughs> I'm terrified. My whole life is falling apart. I would say that I'm not liking life. Okay, so if I'm going to love life, okay, so if life is going to love me back if I love life, then this is something I got to change. So something I started doing is, have you ever heard that song by U2 called It's a Beautiful Day? Maybe, but maybe so, I never knew the title. Maybe I, I might have heard it, but I don't know the title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So it's like, it's a beautiful day, don't let it slip away. Now, when I started listening to the song It's a Beautiful Day, I did not feel like it was a beautiful day. But I was like, all right, I'm going to program my mind and start feeling differently about life. And there was another song that I was listening to also called uh, is Walking on Sunshine. If you've ever heard this song before. I've heard that like, one, definitely. Walking on. It's an oldie. That, right? It's oldie like, but goodie. feel good. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's no, it's an oldie yeah. but goodie. Yeah, I know that song. Walking on Sunshine. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so there I was, injured on morphine and Neurontin and Norco and Lidoderm and Biox and and everything else, like all these medications. And there I was listening to Walking on Sunshine and it's gonna, gonna feel good. It did not feel good to try to walk as I was working on pushing through to walk. Mm -hmm. That didn't feel good. Or uh, it's a beautiful day. I did not feel like it was a beautiful day. I felt like my whole life had come to an end. But there I was going, okay, I am gonna lift myself. I'm gonna start feeling different. And mm -hmm. That's something I started doing. And so that's something I'd recommend to anybody. I call it my own programming with music is to pick a song. that's not your favorite song, but a song of how you want to feel. Because a lot of times our favorite songs are the things that we resonate the most with. Mm -hmm. And if you think about, you know, music, the power of music and not just like, I'm not talking about like meditation music and stuff like that. I'm talking about something that makes you feel lifted mm -hmm. and purposely doing that. And, you know, if you think about the alphabet, when we all learn the alphabet, the ABC song, you know, it helped us to all memorize the alphabet. And it's not like to this day, we're not like rocking out to the ABC song, mm -hmm. but it helped us to do something with our minds. And so in this case, I was like, okay, I want to start feeling differently. And so I just said, okay, look, I'm going to use music to start programming in, and I'm going to I'm going to make a conscious decision to feel differently, and that 
those were some things that were pivotal to me as I started working with my mind. Mm. Wow. And so I would definitely music does have power to it. Um, uh, So, yeah, I I like that. By the way, uh, Pink Pineapple 79 says, hi, Brandy. Thank you for sharing tonight. And uh, I figured this question would come up. And here it is. Uh, How can one detox from this covid vaccine? How can one detox from the COVID vaccine? You know, it, I would say it just depends on what the uh, what what part of detox you mean. Are you talking about? Um, so, is that person talking about have you had the vaccine and or have you had uh, ongoing mm. uh, issues with it, or or you've had the vaccine, or you've had the COVID itself, or? I mean, it depends on what aspect you're talking mm. about. Well, that was just a, the quick question there. And then it looks like another question from another person says, how do you, what do you do after someone you love takes the jab? I, I there is a division in the country on, on jab and to jab or not to jab. And uh, there's, it's dividing people. Uh, and, and I would imagine there's negative emotions towards it and there's positive emotions towards it. What's your view? You know, my view is this, is it, I do, I think that there are so many different emotions around it, and and I would say that is what's key, is what are the emotions that each person's experiencing? I think that if we look at some parts of it, I don't know about you, but I feel like it was lab-influenced. I feel like COVID isn't the most organic uh, illness that's come across uh, in our world. That's putting it lightly. Yeah. So this is what comes up then. If you think about it, some people are like, I'd rather just go get COVID than get the vaccine, which is basically like saying, I'd rather get a man-made virus than a man-made vaccine. I'm scared of a man-made vaccine, so I'm just going to get the man-made virus. And I'm like, well, wait a second here. And so when you stop and break it down like that, I mean, what would you rather take the chances with, a Mm man-made vaccine or a man-made virus? And I think that everybody's very fear-based and it depends on if they're looking at oh the vaccine we don't know what that's going to do long term but then if you look at the virus and you look at people with micro blood clots with where people who have even recovered and then you know autopsies are, are from people who have died obviously not people recovered mm-hmm. are showing micro blood clots like we've never seen before and wow. going well wait a second what is that and, and also people who have recovered having ongoing um you know uh, arrhythmias or ongoing uh, exhaustion and fatigue and it's kind of like going well I think I think that the biggest thing I would say is I think that it depends on what somebody emotionally experiences because there's also the nocebo where people have heard before you know like if you take a fake pill you can and you hear that it has side effects well you can also experience those side effects and I think that there's other emotional factors to consider because you know you mentioned uh, that when people get lost in the forest, a lot of times what they end up dying for is not the fact that they're lost in the forest, it's loneliness. Mm-hmm. And I think some people then have are going to experience things left out because now if they haven't had the vaccine, then do they get to travel and do they get to fly and how is that impacting them? And mm-hmm. I think it, it just really depends on, the, there's so many emotions mm-hmm. around it yep. that mindset is something that has to be addressed you know it has to be looked at for each person yeah i don't know if you saw my ranting points but i actually mentioned a story out in the news uh, it has to do with the rachel maddow who 
said that she's going to have to rewire her brain for people who don't have masks, which tells me that she was had a negative emotion toward anybody who didn't have a mask as if they were a villain of some kind or had leprosy and now she's going to have to rewire. But we are talking about rewiring the brain. There's a person of note out there saying they're going to have to do it, which tells me that they already had a very judgmental attitude towards others. And I just don't like that. All right. Um, by the way, uh, we have this, this come in and it says, uh, this from smoke C cause you, what you just said was you said great point Brandy. And then, um, this person here says, I, I love your guest. Could you describe a typical training session? Uh, you know, it ultimately what I like to do is I love for people to be empowered. And so a lot of times what I do is I work with demonstrations a lot. So I like, I have a video set, which is actually up on your screen right now, the advanced course. Um, and a lot of times what I, what I feel like is our thoughts help create our lives. And most people are overlooking that even with the Bible, you know, there's like prayer healing where people are praying, but a merry heart is a medicine. Ill thoughts will dry the bones. What we really need is change. And I think that um, a lot of times what, what I do with people is more so I'll take people from classes. So I teach classes um, is, is more so what, how I work with people. And I take volunteers and I say, look, at this person changed and they got rid of their pain. And see, here's another one. And see, here's another one. And I do the demonstrations. And then what happens is people start to go, well, I can do that too. I can do that too. And to me, it is about change, but it's also about empowerment because when we start to look at it, you know, even if we take the Bible again, Mark 24, 11 talks about um, whatever we ask for in prayer, believe you have received and it'd be yours. Or even there's, uh, what is it? It's uh, do not conform to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the, the renewing, renewing of, of our minds. Yeah. And good, what good we're point. not doing is we're not renewing our minds. We're not making changes. We're not you know, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received and it's yours. It's in the Bible. And or even you can, you know, if we look at quantum physics, if we look at metaphysics, our thoughts, if we even look at Einstein, you know, whatever you ask for or uh, Einstein, I'm sorry, imagination is the preview of life's coming attraction. So whether you take quantum physics or metaphysics or Christian science or the Bible or you, whatever it is, our thoughts and our mindset is are, are powerful. And, and to me. Healing is a, a wonderful aspect of that, and, and that's what changed my entire life. But as I healed, I learned to understand the power of change and the power of my mind at a deeper level. And to me, um, I, to answer your question, how do I work with people in a typical session? Usually it's a class. Usually I take volunteers, and I show them how to release pain, and I say, you can do it too. Mm -hmm. Let me show you how. Hmm. And it's about empowering people. Which goes back to in the first hour when I quoted Anthony Hopkins saying, what one man can do, oh, wait a minute, what one person can do, another person can do. I got to get Thank the, you. Okay, I, I'm it. sorry. I, that, <laughs> don't that, leave the women out of this. I got to renew my mind on that one, don't I? Uh, <clears throat> but uh, no, and but, but I got a question for you. Now, man, the, the, the scriptures that you've quoted are absolutely empowering and wonderful those people should internalize those and, and put them right into this uh, cake mix we're just talking about. Uh, but I would imagine that with the vast audience, like I watch your, 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 your TEDx thing. And I imagine when you speak, you know, you have a varied, very uh, varied audience. Do you ever withhold, uh, pull your punches on those scriptures thinking that somebody in the audience 
does want does not want to hear anything about any kind of Bible scripture or anything like that. They want to hear some new age stuff that's completely away from religion. Do do you hold your punches or do you reword things? How do you handle that? Actually, my real goal is this: is that it's estimated that to make a real shift in our world, that it takes about twenty five percent of a population to make a real shift. Now, that's my goal: is really for people to start looking at the power that we're all amazing we are powerful god universe divine whatever you want to call it created us in an amazing way and we're all powerful inside for our our thoughts for healing and also for changing our life so even my podcast is called heal yourself change your life because when you heal you change your life and so this is my thing is that if it has to be 25 percent of a population there are two things that we need we need to have we need to be able to get results because it's nice to be able to say, oh, you can heal this way. But if you can't see results, then good luck in getting people to follow it. And so that's part of the reason that my passion and my goal is showing results, showing results under medical equipment. So people can not only see it, but they see it under medical equipment. They can intake, take it in and say, wow, we really are amazing. So it's results and it's also unifying a language. So point being is that that's what part of the reason that I say, look, the medical community says it with stress. The Bible says it with the scripture. The um, uh, Christian science says it. Metaphysics says it. We're all saying the same thing, but in a different way. And so it's not to me so much about pulling the punches. It's about speaking to what people know and then saying, the Bible says it too, or science says it also. So not only can we see that that our roots of our belief system is saying it, but also we have a unifying belief system. So people don't have to like say, oh, well, people with metaphysics, woo-woo, they're all a little crazy, or people with those Christian uh, Bible belts, saying, oh, the Bible belt's saying it too. Oh, <laughs> they, they, but yeah. then it, it's, it's really about unity to me. It's unity consciousness where we can all see whatever you want to believe, you're right. And Let's use it, because if you think about it, it's been around for 3,000 years, and we're not using it. Mm. So, <laughs> and that's the problem. So, okay, so so am, am I hearing that you do use those quotes that you've spoke tonight in your conversation? Absolutely. They are in my podcast, where I've, I actually just did a podcast on unity consciousness, like, two weeks ago. So yes, I even speak in churches and then I'll go speak in a unity center. And, um, and yeah, and, and on the 25%, um, I think of my podcast just did on it like two weeks ago and, and all of the time, it just for Ted, because Ted has such tight parameters, I made it very analytical. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely all of the time I, uh, I, I relate it. That's, that's how I know the scripture okay. so well is because I, I relate it to the scripture, to quantum physics, to metaphysics, I want everybody to realize we're all amazing and whatever you want to call it or label it, if we could just get people to realize that we're amazing and and start creating that change, Mm -hmm. that we don't have to call it the same word. Mm -hmm. But Well, I'll give give you a 25% uh, reference. Uh, In early America, only 25% of Americans wanted to throw off Britain's rule, the uh, the colonists. The rest of them, 75% of Americans at that time, they liked the tea coming in. They liked the presence of the red coats, the stability of the law, even though they totally objected to it and the tea and all the tax on the tea. 
But 25% of these rabble-rousers said, we're not going to do this thing. We, we want to be free. And in, in the terms of tonight's conversation, people need to be free in your audience, in your 25% of, of their maladies, of their belief system, to move them to a more positive place. So 25, it only takes 25% to change the world. Just saying. Right, 25%. So, but that's the thing is people also got to get results because it's one thing to say, oh, this can work. But even that's part of the problem. If you look in, if you go into any church, a lot of times they're sitting, they're just praying for healing. And I'm sorry, I, I, I was, I raised Lutheran. A lot of my family is, is um, still Christian and, and, all, and to me, I feel like I'm everything. I feel like I feel like it's hard to go to a, just a church where they just say prayer, where that's not what the Bible says. So I, I believe I believe in God. Um, I, <clears throat> I call it God or universe divine. I, I, to me, I'm like, whatever name you call it, God, you know, whatever you call it, it's all the same thing to me. And, um, and I just wish that people would start embodying, not just speaking it, but living it and embodying mm. it. And, okay. um, and that to me is the change. All right, let's get this question here from Australian Ben. He said, there are several foods which look identical to body parts, and those foods help those areas specifically, such as carrots for the eyes, avocado for the uterus, and celery for the bones. Is this a natural type of healing? This is the way I see it. I see, I mean, first and foremost, I think that there are, we can all agree that there are plenty of people who have eaten all the right foods and all the green stuff. And I know I was doing that personally. I was detoxing and I didn't even have an issue with parasites, but I was doing like parasite cleanse and fasting and all these types of things because I just wanted to heal. And, um, and I think that there are plenty of people who can say that exact thing. And, um, and so I, I don't think that it's the whole picture. And I think even, the, you know, the Bible talks about a merry heart as a medicine. I think that that is key. But when you stop and think about it for a moment, you know, what is it? Something like 80% of serotonin, maybe it's even closer to 90%. I can't remember the exact amount, but is created in the gut. And another a simple way to put this, I like to simplify everything, is if you've ever seen before somebody who's angry, you know, they're so hungry, they're angry. And if you said, no, just lift your emotions right there and they're feeling angry, you just be happy. Um, you know, there's an element of if somebody's starving or under like malnutritioned and they're not getting enough nutrients, it's harder to be happy. Mm -hmm. And so would I say eating a healthy, balanced diet is going to be helpful to then also releasing stress? Absolutely. So I think that they go hand in hand because if you don't uh, – you know, if you if you're eating a lot of foods that are making you anxious, you know, give a kid a bunch of sugar and see how happy they feel or leave somebody malnutritioned or lacking the sun or vitamin D. It's, it's harder to be happy. And I think that, you know, there's a there's a certain level of um, of complementary. You know, we need both. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can also say that I think, you know, my, my grandfather. Uh, so we got you back there, uh, Brandy. Now, let me ask you something. I've got a I have a brother who has uh, a chronic dis. Uh, a, a disability um, disabling pain condition uh, and had forced him to quit his job what would be your first recommendation for him for his road to recovery uh, where is his pain uh, well I don't know if he's watching or not but if you are bro just let me know but uh, I, I maybe a back yeah. connection but I, I do know it's similar to what your story said and that 
the doctor said, well, we can't find it. We don't know what's causing it. And good luck, you know, and, uh, and I think there's some, well, they've said we could give you pain medicine, but the government won't allow this bed. So you're on your own. So I guess I should know. I, I would say, okay. I would say everybody's situation is different. I have seen people have chronic pain due to extreme self-criticism or feeling criticized. I have seen people have chronic pain from extreme anger towards others. Me, myself, I, I have been doing network engineering and operations at the time I was injured. And I basically, so network engineering, you know, communications, I was in, you know, I worked for a telecommunications company and I worked here in California and I my shift was 5 a.m. to 2 p.m. So when 9-11 happened, I was in the office on the phone with people who were in the trade towers. And as I was on the phone with them, the planes hit, when the planes hit, they all started screaming and saying, help me, help me, help me. And then the phone went dead. And I'm sitting there watching because in communications, we had to know what was going on all the time. So I had every single news station was around me on these major you know, pillars in, in, um, in the, the room where I was in the um, office. And so I was watching as the planes hit and every part of me was just going, I just want to help these people. I didn't, it wasn't about me at all. I was just like, Oh my God, I want to help these people. And then after that happens, you know, I watched it cause every news station I was on all the time. So I watched it happen over and over and over again for at least eight hours a day. So not only was there that initial uh, thing, but then also there was, uh, afterwards, if you remember, we were like in orange or, or mm-hmm. you know, red yep. as far as the warning level. And so that was all playing in my subconscious mind all day for eight hours a day on every different TV station around me. Now, that happened. And, you know, I was very much like, you know, I, I could felt like I could eat nails for breakfast. I didn't care. Like stuff didn't impact me. You know, if, if something ever was wrong, I just kind of stuffed it down and kept going. That's how I was raised. And basically what happened is I had like a subconscious belief that that like it was triggering me that I was expecting to die now of course you know for me I was like oh that's stupid you know you you had those thoughts where you you just think oh that's a stupid thought well there was that thing that was there the other so I talked about ingredients the multiple ingredients Mm -hmm. growing up my grandfather was in World War II And he had been like at all the major uh, uh, battle scenes, like the Battle of the Bulge and all these things. And he ended up getting shot. And he, when he got shot, he laid there and he played dead while the soldiers walked over him. And so he laid there and he just didn't move or didn't breathe. And that, I had heard that story growing up over and over and over. So then when 9-11 happened with all these things going on, my subconscious mind said, we're going to die. My conscious mind said, that's stupid, Brandy. Like, that's ridiculous. You're fine. And, and so I shoved it down and buried it inside. Well, basically, and my subconscious said, I need to do what my grandfather did and not move or not breathe because this, they're going to kill me. <laughs> and that's what's going to save me. So it's fight, flight, or freeze, right? So ultimately, I had this expecting to die and I didn't even consciously realize it because to me it was like it wasn't like I was like oh I'm gonna die it's scary I was just like 
that's a stupid thought. Let me move on with my the rest of my day to more important things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I didn't even realize it was, it was there. Now, of course, I had an accident and I fell and all these things. And so what I came to realize is, of course, is everything happens for a reason. And so the actual accident, once I let go of, oh, being mad at this person because it was their fault and blah, 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 and instead going, okay, well, what do I need to change? And I started looking inside and looking at the things that I needed to change. So I would say that it's not always the most obvious thing because if you asked me if that would have even bothered me, I would have said, are you kidding? I I just care about those other people. Are you kidding? These coworkers that I've worked with all of the time Mm -hmm. are screaming for me to help them and I just wanted to help them but couldn't, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was a Mm -hmm. different, uh, so I would say that it's not always the most conscious thing. And not only that, but all of the time, like, again, I'll, I'll take people, you know, volunteers in classes or on my podcast and take volunteers and, and coach them to release pain. And all the time people are like, oh, my God, I didn't even see that was there. And then once they are consciously aware of it, they go, oh, OK, I need to change that. And so with your with your brother, I would say he might have awareness of it. He might not even be aware of it. I personally wasn't until I started mm-hmm. looking on the inside. Okay, so uh, to my brother then with the chronic pain, and I've heard a lot of people talk about chronic pain, which appears to have no source, uh, to know that 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 something needs to change. Something needs to be looked at that is not currently being looked at. Is that fair? There's something, whether subconscious or unconscious, they, there may be, and I'm not going to make a definitive statement. I don't, know if, I don't think you are either, but there may be something significant that you, you don't even realize. Is that, and should then are you saying then he should begin and those who have uh, undiagnosed chronic pain to begin to look at in other directions? Look for sources? Uh, look for something? I mean, this is the thing, is it even if it's diagnosed or like... I would say, of course, always get a diagnosis, mm. you know, and right. because pain can indicate all kinds of things. So that's what I would say. But um, I would say that lift yourself and not only that, but even with physical injuries, like I mentioned the woman with the tumor in her throat, it was five millimeters. It was there. Or even another woman that I worked with who was bedridden and she had POTS, tachycardia. And so her body didn't even make enough blood. So she actually had to lay supine. Because if she sat up, her blood, it wasn't enough, went down and her brain wouldn't have enough blood, so she would pass out. And with her going to the core roots and finding what that emotional element was and then changing it, she's now running marathons. She's now traveling around the world, sitting, I mean, she's fine. And that's something that she was told she couldn't do. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, I would say God, universe, divine, whatever you want to call it, our bodies are truly amazing. And we just, if we could just get that 25% to realize that and to get results, we could really start creating a change in our world. And that, that to me, um, it would just be beautiful because when you stop and think about it, Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. many people are depressed and negative and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the system appears to be making a, a, a whole country of, of disgruntled people, of angry people. It seems like they, that's, that's all we get. I mean, we, we, we need uplifting messages. We need encouragement. And, uh, you know, it's the exact opposite of what most people get. I've reduced my news intake. And people will tell you I was a news hound. I mean, I had 15 different news things that I would look at on my phone. And I thought, 
every time I look at it, it's nasty. It's it's bad. What what is that doing for me? And I, and I thought, well, you know, ten years ago I was looking at it, and it was still negative. It's still negative today, even more negative. So I can't be getting anything good out of that. All right, a couple more quick questions before we get to the end of our broadcast. There, Brandy. Um, uh, Overbuilt says, uh, what do I do to re- reduce fear? Okay, no, I'm not going to ask that question. Uh, is the vaccine a m- multi-billion dollar money grab or something else? You know, um, I-, I would say that it's it's something else. I-, I would say this is the funny thing, is I think that there are, there are people who think, oh, the, all like everybody did this on purpose and it's just the government. But I got to be honest with you, you can't get one country to even agree on it with another country, even regarding climate change. There's no way every country is going to be like, let's all crash our economy and put all the people inside and they're all going to agree on that. I'm sorry. Like, you can't even get people to agree on one country to agree on as far as anything. And so um, I would I would definitely say that obviously. Obviously, there, there is a sickness. Do I think that it was lab influenced? I absolutely, absolutely do. And I would say that the vaccine is, is I mean, it, I mean, not a money grab, because if you think about it, we'd all be being paid for people like right now. They're, they're trying to pay people to even get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ohio has a lottery. Ohio has a lottery. If you take the vaccine, five lucky people will, will get a million dollars. But here's the thing. What about the people that already took the vaccine? They have no chance for that million dollars. Then you got this nutbag in and yeah. this nutbag in New York is offering a hamburger and French fries if you get the vaccine. I'm thinking this is the weirdest thing ever. Hey, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask exactly. You, so, but if you think about it, it's obviously not a money grab. Nobody's paying for it. The governments are what's paying for it. So if you think about it, anybody who says, "Oh, this is just a trick to make a bunch of money," you're getting it for free. Like people are, they're paying people to get it. Mm-hmm. How can it like that logic is like, well, if you stop and look for a moment, it's not like the government's the one that's paying for it. Remember, which, is, of course, all comes back to those taxpayers mm-hmm. anyway. But anybody I, it cracks me up when somebody says this is just a they're just trying to get money from us. I'm like, you do realize it's free, right? <laughs> like, think about you got to Yeah. So I, I would say it's definitely not just that when you stop and look at it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, um I would say that, uh, but I would say it's lab created. And I think that, um, you know, and not only that, but I would say people are just saying, oh, it's a conspiracy that all the governments want to do this to, to crash everything. I mean, um, mm-hmm. you can't get three governments to to agree on anything. So go well, ahead. Well, I, I have, a, I, now I, I haven't gone controversial enough with you. Uh, earlier in the first, <laughs> earlier in the first hour, and if you and I know you're a public speaker, so if you want me to edit this out, we certainly can. Um, just send me a note, or you can tell me right now after after I ask the question. Um, in the first hour, somebody discussed a magnet on their knuckles, and and I've heard of magnet ther- magnet therapy. I've heard it do things. However, recently the old feeds out there are coming up with something called the magnet challenge. I don't know if you've seen them. But there's a whole bunch of videos of people taking these magnets and putting them right on their shoulder where they got the shot and those magnets are sticking. The government says, oh, it's just a hoax. Everybody's using double-sided tape. Well, the videos I've seen, there's no double-sided tape involved with that. Uh, have you heard anything about that and do you think it's a hoax? I have not heard anything about it. Um, I I would not be the expert to ask about that. Okay. All so right. I just, yeah. 
Okay. Well, uh, Brandy Gilmore, we are at the end of the broadcast. Any final thoughts? Any uh, uh, Anything about your website? Any, any course you offer? Anything you want to say? You just go right ahead and take the time to do it. Thank you very much. Um, I would say the biggest thing is is watch a demonstration. If you go to my website, you can see. If you look at it's actually brandygilmore.com slash C-S-E-E, and you'll see me working with a volunteer under thermal medical equipment, and you can see that what I'm doing, you can actually see on the scan, the thermography that I was talking about where the scan goes from one from from red to green as the pain goes away, and the whole video is like 15 minutes long or something like that. I mean, it's not that long, and you'll see me just working with the woman to make that change. And I would say that that I would say that what we really start need to realize is that we all really are amazing beings, and it just takes creating a real shift. And so there's that. That's my website. There we go at brandygilmore.com. Gilmore has two L's. Um, and I would say check it out or even and you just see how to create that shift because we're all we're all incredible. Mm, OK, well, Brandy, I appreciate you coming on the Edge broadcast. Uh, how do you like the interview? How did how you've done a lot of them? How is this compared to others? I think you're fun. I think you are fun. I, I, I like your edge. I like oh, your right your personality. Right it's good, and it's uh, okay. yeah, I, I like it. I think it was wonderful. OK, uh, can, we have, can we have you on in the future sometime? That so I would love to come back and play anytime. It's okay. fun. Okay. You guys are a, a fun group, and I like the questions. I like the group chat. It's a, it's it's a fun setup you got going on here. Okay, and I see a lot of people in there said thanks, Brandy, for coming on the show. Uh, Scotty says right on, right on guest, uh, and uh, thanks for the insights, Brandy. A lot, a lot of good comments for you, Brandy. I appreciate you, and uh, stay safe, and be healthy, and be happy, and be well. Thank you so much, Daniel, and thank you guys in the chat. You guys are wonderful. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Right. Bye bye.